Let's do it. <laughs> um, KP. Your host with the most, yo, KP is here. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Welcome back, guys, to Abundance of Knowledge. It's Tiffany again. I'm sitting here with Caleb Phillips. Yo. <laughs> What's up, y'all? So, a little background on how we met. He is actually family. Hi. He's my cousin's boyfriend's brother, and we met a few weeks back, actually, and kind of clicked on some of the things that I was looking into, he was looking into around the same time, so it's just kind of funny um, when we started talking, and I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, bro, everything you do, what you're doing now. Well, I mean, like, isn't that just God, like, how we kind of met and we started talking we're like, man, we really just want to do some of the same things. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's mostly your energy that came out when I met you too. Cause you were like, you got Instagram. I got my blog, <laughs> which yeah, I did look into your blog really cool. And I passed it on. And a lot of people really like it a lot. Like a lot of things that you say are really yeah. deep. That's uh, yeah. But it is crazy how we met because I think I had asked you about your blog and I had conversations with your mom before because I got really close to your mom the day before. Um, and I had conversations with her about everything I was going through, everything I was experiencing and learning. And then you come talking about your blog and it was literally everything. I was like, I, I really wanted to look at your mom. Like, did you tell him what I'm doing? Like, I'm like, she over here spilling my secrets, but uh, she spilled everything to me right before right. when I pulled up. <laughs> right. The five minutes I was in the bathroom. Yeah. But yeah, but it was so crazy to me that you were kind of along the same lines. I won't say exactly, but you were along the same lines. And um, a lot of things you were talking about in your blog or for your blog uh, were kind of along the lines of what I was doing with this podcast. Yeah. And. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about your blog, yeah, what it's about, so, um, to give how it started. A little perspective. So I think I'm here on earth to uh, give people a platform to share, you know, their deep inner truths, if you want to call it that. Um, I know that I had some major trauma-inducing occurrences that happened over the course of my life that kind of shapes me into the emotionally aware person that I am now. Um, so because, you know, people were always telling me, Oh, like you're so mature for your age and, you know, mm -hmm. blah, 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 which I didn't really understand until I was about like 23, 24. And I started right. seeing, you know, people, within my age group, you know, how they kind of deal with their emotions and, you know, how they react to things. So I was like, hmm, okay, if I, if I have, you know, this knowledge at this age where, you know, some adults who are like 30, 40 years old are saying like, wow, you, you know, some things that people even around their age group don't even know then I'm yeah. like, 
Okay. Let me let me try to share this. So it's almost um, like you've lived like three lives in twenty four years. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. <laughs> um, so I wanted to one, you know, one thing that people don't really know about me is is that I love writing. You know, that's my creative side, it's my safe space. Um okay. it's something that, you know, when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling inspired, when I'm feeling you know, happy or when I feel like I just need to get some thoughts out, you know, I just put it down on paper and uh, I wanted to get better at it. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't care for the English classes. I didn't care for, for school really in the first place. Cause I thought the curriculums were kind of whack and wasn't really teaching me anything. I don't know about you, but I was like the type uh-huh. Like in class and while the teacher was teaching I'd be daydreaming and thinking about yep. other things you know they'll do it <laughs> so, um it's not like you know I still have grammar issues and you know things like that but then someone told me um before I started my blog they were like you know there's writers that do whatever they want with their writing style. Some people don't put spaces in between their words. Some people have off grammar and things like that. So some people make up words. Exactly. So I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, this is kind of cool. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Right. So uh, that kind of like gave me the confidence to say, okay, you, you know how to write, you know how to storytell just do it. Just put it out in the world and see if maybe somebody might get, you know, some knowledge, you know, or get inspired by what you, what you say. And I take that for everything that I do. If when it comes to mental health, when it comes to, you know, child psychology, when it comes to um, working with youth, if I can just inspire one person, one child, anything, then I think my job's successful. So, um, within my blog, I just really wanted to talk about certain scenarios that really induce trauma in people. Some are insecurities, some is like social avoidance, addiction, um, abandonment. Abandonment was huge for me. So, um, I started telling these stories and some are related to me, but I'm kind of like, one of those weird artists that like to leave it up to interpretation. And what I want my readers to do is kind of like fill in the blanks with their own stories. So I know um, one of them was like the, the, the trauma story. And if it, everyone can check it out, you know, it's on my Instagram, the links and things like that. But the trauma story was talking about the development of a um, a young child whose memory starts at three years old and goes along these different instances in his life where um, you can kind of fill in the trauma of what happens. Like at age three, something happens and then he cries about it and then he carries on with his day. And then at seven years old, same thing, a cycle happens, something traumatic happens. He cries about it. He's comforted by something, something that the reader doesn't know. And I want the reader to say, oh, I know what that comforting feels like. You know, something like a parent or a mentor or 
even it could be like at the age of 16 or 17, like maybe somebody uses drugs, maybe somebody uses sex to comfort them. Right. I want to leave that up for the reader's interpretation. And then it goes all the way up to the age of 24, which I am now. And I kind of cut it off there because I don't have any much, yeah, any more to really write up, write about. But the um, the ending, like towards the end of his of his age around 24, it starts to see that he is building up a healthy lifestyle. So that's kind of just the direction I'm taking, you know, my my blog and I've been loving it. You know, I can't write, can't wait to write more. And I hope we can really grab something out of it. How did you get the idea for that? So it's based off of your life or? Um, Well, I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to anything, you know, you have to kind of base it off your experiences, especially as a creative, you know? To an extent. extent. Yeah, to an extent, you know, (laughs) but. Um, I know for me, I try to be an open book about my feelings. I try to talk about like, you know, one of my favorite YouTubers, they always say, you know what, like, let's talk about it. Like, and that's what I try to do with, you know, anytime I'm feeling sad, happy, you know, anytime I've gone through something, you know, I always just want to talk about it. So um, I know a big part of, you know, my life was, you know, being abandoned um Mm. you know it it started at a very young age I think like the first memory uh, of my life was you know seeing my mother and father together but then they ended up getting a divorce shortly after and I swear I swear I'm such a mama's boy (laughs) (laughs) and I know you can tell you know oh yeah I think everybody that meets your mom or you (laughs) knows that huge mama's boy like she's my everything she's my best friend at this day but we went through a lot of stuff you know uh especially when I was growing up uh she wasn't always there uh, and I learned at a later age that you know it was something that she couldn't necessarily control but to begin with you know at three years old you're just like I want to be with my mom right. <laughs> I, I want to be with her why can't I be with her she's my mom so you know? And, um, so there would be times where, you know, my mom would call and I would hear her voice and she would say, Hey babe, like, I will, I'll come pick you up, you know, and you can come with me. And at that moment, I don't know, like, I'm like a kid in the candy store. I'm like, so excited at that moment. I'm like, yes. So what I do is grab my little Spider-Man backpack I start packing mm. with my clothes and everything. And um, I go and I sit at the front door and I wait for her. And I wait and I wait and I wait for hours. And, mm. you know, next thing, you know, like she didn't show up. And I would be like so confused. I remember that, you know, it was just like, yeah. wait, why isn't she here? You know, and there'd be times where I'd go to sleep crying at night. Mm. And from what I remember at that age um, is that happened a few times, like a few, a few weekends, you know, there'd be times where she would call 
And I would do the same thing. I'd sit at the front door, just staring, waiting for her, waiting for her, waiting for her. And yeah, there'd be times where she wouldn't show up and I'd go to bed crying. And, you know, it was just one of those things that was just like, am I not good enough? Did that, did that affect you later on anywhere in your life? Oh, 100%. Um, I asked that because I have a similar memory. Um, I've kind of mentioned my dad wasn't around. He wasn't around for about oh, 10 years of my life. Oh, wow. Um, but before those 10 years, he, I remember a birthday, my fourth birthday, and it was my favorite, favorite birthday. It was the best birthday I'd ever had. You know, my mom hired a clown she hired pretty much everything a bouncy house anything you can think of she made it the biggest day of my entire life and I remember waiting for him similarly um the party's going on but I'm sitting there just waiting no I gotta wait for my dad I gotta wait for my dad yeah um and I remember him showing up and literally showed up for about five minutes because um it was at my daycare center and my mom was working so the um woman who was in charge of the daycare she she was in my life for a really long time and I I love her so much um but she would come to me and you know tell me like Tiff your dad's here so that day she said Tiff your dad's here um and I went to go see him and he kneeled down and he said happy birthday you know I have to go but I'm going to see you soon. And I don't even remember how he looked. Um, I don't remember anything, but I was staring behind him at the lava lamp because that was the only thing. Now that I look back, I was stressed. I was stressing. I was stressing so much that I couldn't even focus on him. I had to focus on something else that would calm me. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I literally remember calming down and being like, whatever. And from that moment on, everything else was just whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like relationships were just whatever. Like, oh. Were you just you not know. it? I think at that point, that was the first moment that I gave up. And I was just like, uh, whatever. And from then on, the rest of my life was just a bunch of whatevers. And everybody knows me as that person. Just I shrug everything off but they don't see the hurt behind me shrugging it off. It's, it's me like, yeah, this happens to me. So whatever. And it honestly might have been where I fell into my depression as I got older, you know, whatever, this is just how my life is. It's just, you know, any really, really good day, something bad's going to happen. So whatever. Yeah. I was expecting the bad, whatever. Um, To the point now where like my life is so good. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, Right. you know, but did it ever affect you like that? Like anywhere down the line? It definitely did. Um, I know immediately it affected my, myself and my father's relationship um, because him being somebody Oof. that's not very, you know, emotionally intelligent, you know, he okay. was kind of like that normal guy dad that's like hey you know boys don't cry 
and you got to get up and just suck it up, you know, whenever I was feeling some type of way. Yeah. So not having that nurturing mother around me for when I was feeling emotional and wanting to talk about, you know, how I felt and really express myself, it made me become very distant with the father that I had, you know, and Mm. it was very different because, you know, I grew up in a single father home where my dad was taking care of me. I lived with him 22 years of my life, you know, and I'm 24 now. So, um, you know, not having her around definitely made it hard for me to, to have a good relationship. Cause I was thinking to myself, you know, like, why'd you break up with her? <laughs> you know, this whole time as a kid, I'm like, why didn't you want my mom around? You know, like, she's awesome. She's amazing. So, um, that was one thing. And then, oh my gosh, my relationships growing up as a teenager, I'm, I'm definitely a, you know, sir, I'm a, I'm a lover boy at heart, you know, and I give, you know, when I was growing up, I was given way too much of myself, you know, to people who didn't deserve Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mostly because I just wanted attention. Um, I felt like I still had these emotions that I, I had grew numb to, um, and to escape from my my dad and, you know, the things that he wanted me to do, I just got into the mix with girls, you know. And, you know, I, I, I got some game from my dad, you know. So, okay. you know, when I was in high school, I was I was I was spitting my game to some girls and um, it ended up, you know, by the time I was 13, I think I had my first relationship. And yeah. Wow, 13? Okay. Yeah, 13. I was I was trying to get serious, you know? Wow, okay. But um, for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And, you know, there'd be so many times where I was using these relationships to kind of fill that void of my yeah. mother. And, you know... Um, when you're doing when you're in a relationship for the wrong reasons and that's something we don't know at a young age but as i grew older i I definitely found out um but when you're in it for the wrong reasons it toxicity is at the foundation of your relationship i don't like that word toxic like everybody just throws it around like i think when you do it I think when you go through it and you know what yourself as being, if you know yourself as being a toxic person, um, I think you have full right, you know, to use it. But okay. I, I, yeah, I can see that part of it, but I don't like when people are like, these people are toxic, you know, like without even trying to understand why that is. Yeah. Um, so I know that, you know, when you're someone that manipulates, Mm-hmm someone that bashes another person because they don't do what you like what you want them to do um when you're like very demonstrative with the way that you handle things i would say that's toxicity you know um when you're not patient with another person when when you're not kind like that is just 
you know, that's just, that's just hurtful. And I was that for a very long time because I just didn't know how to handle the things that I was feeling. I didn't know how to handle when a girl didn't want to see me every single day. I didn't know how to handle when I got bored of a conversation I was having with somebody. Mm, Well, because you were hurting. I was hurting the whole time. Yeah. And it's that whole, like, you know, I I say it a lot because it, when I, I think when I found the saying months ago, everything kind of clicked, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And um, it's something I constantly use now because it, it, it made me realize, you know, I talked about before with my cousin, I used to hurt people and it made me realize, well, it's because I was hurting, right. you know, and, and the other one is misery loves company. But when you're hurt, sometimes you don't even know you're hurting people because you don't understand that you're hurt yourself. Oh my gosh. Preach. (laughs) Preach. You know what was the worst for me? What? Breaking up with somebody or somebody would break up with me and not tell me why. That was like the (sighs) absolute worst for me. (laughs) I'm like, don't start. I'm still working on that one. Okay. But I mean... At the end of the day, do they really have to disclose? You know, what I mean? I'm starting to understand that because I used to, I used to walk away from people um, and not tell them why. To this day, there are people that still like, why did you? You know, and I'm still like, mm, I can't tell you. Um, sometimes I feel like we really don't know. Yeah. Uh, like the other person, you know, um, people have left me, and I have left people, but sometimes I feel like. Some people really just don't know. They just, they can't figure it out. So how can they tell you when they don't even know to tell themselves? You know what I mean? Like, Uh, I just, but there are some people that do it purposefully. I mean, that's still a, you know, personality. That's still a a certain type of weaving. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, like at this point, you know, the age that I'm at, I've understood that people don't have to disclose why they're, they're leaving you. You know, I'm a firm believer. It that sucks. If somebody doesn't want to be around you, then, you know, maybe they're not, they're not valuing you or maybe it's just that season. Maybe, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be a lot yeah. of things. but if you, if you know yourself and you value yourself, then you, you should be able to just understand what's going on and move on to whatever's next for, for you, whatever's healthy. Yeah. For you. Or even understand that you're not going to know everything that's going on, you know, and just, okay, well, that just wasn't for me, right. uh, but it's okay. You're like, cool. I, it, it took me a while. It took, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while. But it just, it was one of those things where when I was like 13, 14, all the way up to like 17 years old, you know, like somebody would leave, not tell me. And I'd feel like that three-year-old that doesn't know why his mom didn't show up, you know? Do you think that's from abandonment? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I didn't put those two, which like now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, duh, I just asked you that question. And I'm like, are you serious? But, <laughs> but I didn't put those together. Huh? Okay. So every time it was like a, a, a shot to the gut and 
I, you know, like you, like you said, you know, you think it was the, or you know that it was the driving mm-hmm. factor into you being, uh, you getting into depression. Same thing for me, you know. Okay. Um, my depression started at 14, where there were days where I literally could not get out of bed. Um, yeah. I would go to school and um, I'd have to put a mask on every single day. And not a lot of people know what that feels like, but man, go to school, one, go into a school where you're like one of the token black kids. (laughs) So there's some expectations of you from the people. And then just having to deal with all these people in your face all the time you know for me I was an athlete so you know I wouldn't say that I was like the most popular kid but you know I I I interacted with a lot of people and having to have that mask on and really act like I was okay just tore me up on the inside and I would go home exhausted just absolutely exhausted no it's draining it is. It's, it's, yeah. I don't wish that on anyone, you know? Yeah. And then I grew up to 19, 19, 20, and I moved out of my parents' house or my dad's house. And um, when I became isolated, that's when the depression came back. You know, I had stopped playing basketball. So I lost the only thing I thought was like valuable to my life. I didn't know where I was, what I wanted to do. And I got into some of the wrong environments, you know, where there was drugs, you know, seeing Mm. girls that, that weren't necessarily the best for me and, and hanging out with people who didn't have my best interests at heart, still not understanding the issues that I had with my mother um, creating these like false hopes, being a pathological liar, <laughs> like all these things were <laughs> happening, losing out on relationships. And the, the one thing that broke the straw on the camel's back, I think that's the expression. I don't know if I butchered it, but um, I think so. I'm like, I'm not sure either. <laughs> But I had this one girlfriend that I was working the night shift at Denny's. It's like three o'clock in the morning on my freaking birthday, Tiffany, on my birthday. (laughs) She calls me and she's like, I hear in the background of the phone call, um, like what do I say to him? And I'm like, what? Like at this point, I was like, what's going on? And then she she comes back on the phone and she's like, hey, I think we should break up. Oh, on your birthday. Wait, this is while you're working. My birthday. While I was working as wow. a at Denny's. You know, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, I get that phone call. Uh, and the worst part about it, which is actually pretty funny, is the dude had the same name as me. So... Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Like, this could not, this is, this is a movie. I'm in a movie. Right <laughs> now. So after that, I slipped into another, you know, I slipped into mm. self-hate depression where I ended up, you know, really inflicting wounds on myself, like on my mm. wrist, on my shoulder, 
you know, and there was a point where I drove myself to like wanting to die. And I knew it was because all I wanted was attention. I felt abandoned by the people that I thought I was really giving my heart to. And, you know, these things just drove me to a point of self-destruction. And luckily, you know, God is my witness. You know, I, when I was going to really, when I was going to take my life, some type of energy made me slip my, um, slip my shoulder instead of my wrist where, and on my shoulder, I needed at least like, I think it was like 28 stitches or something like that. Cause I really went, oh my God. but you know, ever since then I went to the hospital, you know, and I, I was 51 50 for that occurrence. Oh because of that, you know, after I saw that there's people with actual mental issues where they're not getting help, you know, they're in these, uh, these mental institutions and they're just, but that's an, that's an actual mental issue too. I mean, it may not be as deep or, you know, but that's still just as serious as the next. Very true. Very true. But I knew that I needed change. I knew, I knew I needed something. And the first thing I had to do was understand, like, who I am. I needed some identity, you know? I needed to figure out, you know, who I was. Because I was always trying to, trying to, you know, be somebody else. I was always trying to be, like, new boys and, like, jerking. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was getting all the different type of color skinny jeans, you know? I was a skateboard. Like that, you know? Like, I was trying so many other things just to fit in but i yeah. didn't i didn't love myself you know and i think it all stemmed from that abandonment you know i mean i definitely think that has part to it because i for the longest was searching too i think it it really takes a part of you um when you're abandoned and i also think that's the biggest event, the beginning, you know, the childhood trauma of being abandoned. But then I, I really think the people that abandon you after that, they still also take little pieces as they go um, because that wound is open, you know. So it, I kind of had the same thing with my dad, um, my dad. So I say my dad, but my stepdad is my dad. Um, my biological dad, when he was not around, it led me to, in a similar sense, struggling with my dad. Um, I couldn't trust, I couldn't, I I couldn't believe like my dad, you know, the guy that made me, he's not here for me. He, he left me, he abandoned me. How can I trust this one? Was it, was it like, how hard was it for you to oh. say, oh, you're my dad, you know? No, it was hard. It, and we laugh about it now, but it, it was bad. It was, um, we joke about it and say we didn't like each other for years because he was, he was my preschool teacher. Really? Um, and it's really cute. He's my preschool teacher. He fell in love with me and then he met my mom and we were cool up until, you know, he started 
coming around, dating my mom. He married my mom. Um, and then we started to get a little rocky the older I got because I couldn't find my identity. I couldn't figure out who I was. Part of me left me. You know what I mean? Like I had my mom, I had her family, but I didn't have my dad. And to me, I didn't really understand who I was because as, as, as cool as I am, you know, and you see how I am with, you know, my cousin. Um, it wasn't like that before because I couldn't figure out who I was. Right. And my family, my mom's family, they didn't really give me a good place, honestly, to feel like it was okay to be who I was. So I spent years trying to figure out how I can please them and be the person they, they needed me to be. Um in order to accept me, it, 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 it really did affect a lot. Um, years, me and my dad were not good. And then it took me slowly starting to find myself and the, the, what was almost 14 years of my dad trying to instill in me that, you know, I'm here for you. I care. I love you. And I didn't really accept it until I was about 19, 20. And I was like at my lowest point. Mm. And I turned to him and my life opened up after that. Um, I also started to go around my biological dad's family, which they gave me that comfort. They gave me that love. So did my stepdad's family. You know, they gave me that, you know, blood does not make you family because that is not what our family is built on. Um, they always made me feel like I was their own. I just couldn't accept it. But my biological dad's family, I felt like, yes, okay, now I understand this is who I am. You know, this is a part of me. Yeah. And when I started hanging out with them more and going around more, um, of course, there were questions. And when we had our conversations about, you know, how we were apart for so long. But I slowly started to find that it was okay to be me, whatever that meant, because I still couldn't figure it out. But whatever it meant for me to be who I wanted to be, that's okay. But it took a lot. And I think to this day that abandonment it it still does kind of rattle around in the back of my mind I you know I was left somebody really didn't want me and he did come back and we're working on our relationship one step at a time um but it's really hard it's really hard to shake that I think even if you try to avoid it and say no I'm good no it doesn't affect me anymore it's okay I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it shakes me up. Sometimes it's like, let's say as far as relationships, you know, I was looking for somebody to love me. I was giving them my all. Same thing. Even when I had nothing for myself, I was giving them everything. Um, And it just always felt like I still wasn't enough and I couldn't figure out why. Dude, I have a question. So... (laughs) Do you know your Do you know your love languages? And I'll bring this back, and I'll tell you why I'm asking. Do you know? I don't know. I feel like you asked me this before, and I said I don't know. Uh, Okay. Okay. Well, the reason I asked that is because um, 
I found out mine and they're words of affirmation and um, physical touch. So what does that mean? um, Those two is like words of affirmation is like, I, I like when people like applaud me for doing like some cool stuff that I do or telling me that I'm like a good person or intelligent or something like that. Like that makes, that fills my love tank. And then uh, physical touch, you know, um, you know, I enjoy hugs. I enjoy like holding hands. I enjoy, you know, dapping up my friends and things like that, you know, Mm. or in an intimate space. Like I, I love, um, you know, like if my girlfriend would touch my shoulder or, or something like that. And, um, those, those are things that kind of fill me up for yeah. this time, because I didn't know like who I was and what I liked. I would reject people a lot with those, like with my love language, you know? So my dad had this one girlfriend and she loves to tell me that I'm like the greatest child. Like she loved me very much and she would try mm-hmm. to like touch me and things like that. And I would totally like, it would make my skin crawl, you know, every single time she would. Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Totally like, um, disregard anything she said positive about me and I would kind of just give her like a dirty look like you don't know me you know and things yes like that. the whole time and it, <laughs> but then I found out you know as I started building my relationship with my mom now my mom gives me the utmost like love out of but like exactly what I've been asking for my whole life like when she touches me I feel like on top of the world when she tells me that you know like uh, I'm so good at something or things like that it like fills me up and it like I feel fulfilled at that point but I know that since she wasn't around giving me that I would be such a brat about it that I wouldn't let other people that actually cared about me into those spaces so I was wondering like if you did know and your dad uh, not being around affected that with you and your relationship with your stepfather. You know? I'm, I'm like a hundred percent sure that's probably what it was. I mean, yeah. I, I know definitely the reason I couldn't get close to him was because of my biological dad. I just couldn't, I mean, at a young age, I couldn't put it together. You know, yeah. I, I was just angry. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, when you're younger, <laughs> you're like, I don't know, like, I'm just mad. You know, like you think about it, isn't it kind of just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. When I think about the way I used to act or the way, yeah, definitely the way I used to, it was emotional though. It's not until you get older that you can put your, you know, heart and mind side by side and and really look at both. I think. Uh, yeah, no, don't bring that up. Cause I think about like how angry I used to be, you know, I really couldn't communicate anything when you're teenage years, all the hormones, all the emotions, it just, I'm just angry. Okay. Well, why are you angry? You know, I don't know. I'm just angry. Um, would you like yell at people? <laughs> No, I I was never, I mean, everyone knows me from before. It was really all in my head. 
I really wasn't a talker at all. So this is brand new to a lot of people because I was always quiet. Uh, okay. Always quiet. Um, always quiet and always, my friend said it on the last podcast, I was always quiet and I was always laughing. Um, it was my whatever attitude. Yeah. My whatever attitude was my mask. It was my way of just getting through the day, just getting through school. School was not great for me. School was, I, I used to say school was hell for me. Those were my worst years, middle school, high school. Yeah. Um, no, I never yelled at anyone, though. I mean, personal relationships. The closer you get to me, the more I talk, definitely. Yeah. But I was always quiet. Uh, um, I was I would definitely yell. Oh my gosh. I would yell all the time, you know, and it's just cause I didn't like, I think my dad had programmed me to always internalize my emotions. Yeah. So after the bottle just got filled of all these emotions, it just popped, you know? And I was a very like angry, I hated when things just didn't go my way. And I mm. thought because my dad would always argue with me, he would always yell at me. I thought that was the way to communicate. So I had to make my voice heard. And for yeah. you to take me seriously, I need to yell at you. <laughs> so I would do that to people. And it's just like, uh, that's so that's so just classless it's so distasteful <laughs> well I think that might be why I was quiet my mom was quiet okay. Um, okay she I mean is no longer quiet unless you meet her no she wasn't really that quiet with you oh no um, we, we were be- we're best friends now uh, she's usually well she used to be very quiet uh, very to herself mm. and so was I as I got older and started trying to find myself, I think I was really lost in my head for a while. Yeah. Um, so over here, 13, starting a date, I, I didn't have room in my mind to, to even consider boys. Right. Um, even in high school, you know, like I, I would date guys, um, but they were just kind of there. Like I, I was too in my mind. Like even when they would leave me, I was kind of whatever, like, okay bye like it didn't matter to me I think I was just so lost with myself trying to find things in other people um trying to figure out who I was in other people in other things I really like to this day I'm still working on that still working on the abandonment part because People don't have to disclose why they leave us, um, why they no longer want to speak to us, why they no longer want to be in our lives. Yeah. And it now that you say it, it definitely is that abandonment. Like, well, why, why do you leave me? Why, what is it about me? Yeah. And I think I used to do that. I used to like, what is it about me that these people keep leaving me? Yeah. Um, taking everything personally. You know, and, and that's hard. I've, I've really been working on that lately, that when someone is having a bad day and they're screaming at me, it may just not be me. 
you know, like I could be at work and somebody comes in and they're, they're just automatically pissed and, and looking to start a fight. Right. But it's not me they're mad at, you know. Most people will internalize that and be like, why are you trying to fight me? Like, And you're an easy target. Yes, especially if you lash out and, you know what I mean? Like, if you can not take that personally, it won't get that far. No. Um, because that's what they're looking for is the reaction. They're looking for a response. Yeah. But I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I know, especially right now. Um, I feel like growing growing up, you know, I'm a young adult, but still trying to figure out this adulting thing, you know, the bill yeah. heavy, you know, and things like Isn't that. Isn't it fun? It's just, it's the greatest. But, right. Uh, <laughs> I know, you know, it's different now, you know, in in high school, you got to see the same people every single day. You got to interact with people all the time. In college, it kind of got a little lesser, you know, you interact with the people that are in your class for the hour and a half, and you might have two classes a day or something like that, but um you kind of it is what you make it really once you get to college now that you know i'm i've taken time away from school and there's a freaking global pandemic you know uh, that doesn't make it really easy to to hang out with people no not at all i'm starting to see that i'm lonely like i'm very much so lonely um even though I have great people in my life and sometimes I distance myself unintentionally from people, yeah. uh, I still have the problem with abandonment issues and I still want to seek out attention, especially from those of the opposite sex. You know, um, mm. I, I want to feel like, you know, people want my attention. I want to feel valued. You know, I want to show people that, you know, I'm a great guy and I love having conversations and talking about anime and I like sushi, you know, like let's, let's do these things, you know, let's hang out, let's be, let's be cool. Let's talk about certain issues. Let's talk about um, our interests and things, but um you know, with this whole thing going on and I'm kind of isolated in my, my little apartment, you know, it, it sucks. And I can see like, there are times where my tendencies back when I was younger are lashing out. And I feel, you know, when you don't get a text back from somebody, maybe they're busy, maybe they have, you know, some, some of their own things going on, but as a person here, that's trying to reach out to them, you don't know that, you know, they don't tell you what's going on. And when oh go ahead go ahead when did you what led you to start recognizing that though because that's really big that you can recognize you know I'm lonely this is me looking for attention these are my old tendencies where was it that you actually started to recognize that November Oh, you know the date. Oh, okay. November 2019. I had just got out of a relationship. Mm. Uh, a relationship with a girl that 
I was absolutely in love with, but I was still a heathen. <laughs> I like to <laughs> I still didn't understand myself. Um, and I ended up, um, that end, that relationship ended up ending because of things that I was doing, you know? Okay. Um, I won't go too much into detail because I, I don't okay. that for the person, you know, but um, after that, you know, the, that girlfriend, she gave me a Bible. And oh. at this point, you know, I was at a loss. I was totally, like, just broken. Um, but I knew I didn't want to go down the path of self-hate. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to figure out what loving yourself is. Like, what, what does this mean? Like, I, I haven't done it for a long time. And... I just want to make some change. So yeah. I started following Jesus. And um, she gave me this Bible. And I open up and I start reading the New Testament. And the, the verses that really stuck out to me was from 1 Corinthians 13. And it is a literal explanation of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not, not, love is not self-serving. Love is not boastful. And I started reading this and I'm like, wait, what? Love isn't just the thing that you say to people that you're attracted to or you spend your time with? Wait, what? There's like things that you have to do to show that you love somebody. Right. What what is what is patience like? Oh, oh when I was with my no. friend and she was trying to talk to me, but I would talk over her. That's not when you know she would try to explain her feelings to me, and yeah. I was kind of just like worrying about myself. That is yeah. selfish. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I would say just hurtful things to her, is that being kind? Hell no. Right. So I wasn't being loving at all, but I would tell her that I loved her. And I thought mm-hmm. that's all that mattered. So then instead of like during, as I kept taking this all in during this time, um, I came up like the light bulb hit in my head. Wait okay, this is how you love other people. Can you do the same thing for yourself? Can you be patient with yourself knowing that you have these emotions, you have these feelings about things? Can you feel them? Can you let yourself say, okay, I'm lonely. I feel sad. I feel angry right now. Take a deep breath. It's okay. It's okay to feel this. Instead of just saying, oh, no, I'm just going to internalize this and I'm going to cope with it by maybe right. some weed. And that's that's how I'll let go and not feel this for a moment. Maybe it'll just go away. But we all know that until you attack the, the emotion head on, it'll never go away. You know, you'll just have it in the back sure. of your head. It, it comes back definitely full force again oh. and again. Always does. Yeah. So I started um, really understanding, okay, what love is. And that became the foundation of my life. I wanted to be patient with every single person I met. 
I wanted to be kind to every single person. I like challenged myself to really just come with a positive attitude, to really not think of myself first, not talk over people, um, to not boast about the things that I do and stuff. You know, I really just wanted to to love. And then the flip side of it was, I think I lived a very privileged life. You know, I my dad took care of me very well. Um, I'm proud to say that I had a single black father who held it down when we, <sighs> he took me out of the hood in Inglewood and he brought me over to Lugan and Miguel where oh. I could get offered more resources to be better okay. educated. He wanted to see me do something with my life, you know, something that he didn't have as a child. So... I was, I had everything I wanted. I'm the youngest of set. I'm the youngest of eight. So I'm the, I'm the spoiled little baby. My two parents. Oh, wow. I know. I know. It's, (laughs) that, that, that sounds crazy, but it's just more the reason why I was so spoiled. So, um, I told myself, you know, I'm 23 or I'm 22 about to turn 23 next year like how can I test myself how can I really show myself that I don't need to live this privileged life and always get what I want well I thought about it and I was like you know what let me try to be homeless I'm such an extremist I swear oh my gosh I was living in um Yorba Linda if anybody knows where that's at but um, yes, sir. Like North Orange County. I moved out of the place that I was renting and I moved all my stuff into my car. And I told a select few of people that I was moving, like my supervisor, who's like one of my mentors and two of my friends that I was moving into my car. And the cool thing about friends is when they know that you're in a place of change and it's for the positive they'll support you no matter what you do. Yeah. You're crazy, but they'll support you. Right. And so I moved into my car for six months with the, the one objective of understanding my identity and isolating myself so that I could learn more from Jesus and live like him, you know? And I'm telling you Tiff, it was the most peaceful six months of my life you know because I just really just focused on the moments where I was feeling lonely I mean I I was in a car I wasn't gonna bring a girl in my car (laughs) like (laughs) I mean you could I mean I could but like (laughs) just not how I am you know I'm I'm a romantic I like okay I like making sure that you know the women that I hang out with enjoy the finer things like I enjoy them so me testing myself and really like putting myself in that position, it was like the worst. There'd be times where I was crying in the back of my car because I was just like, I have nobody around. But I knew in the back of my head, you have to do this because you're going to learn so much from it. I'd wake up and I'd go, I'd, like I had daily tasks set that I used to never do. I would go to 
the coffee shop. I'd get my coffee for the, for the morning. I'd go to work. I'd come back to that same coffee shop. I'd read my Bible. I'd read a book about child psychology. I'd do anything I could. And I would interact with the people around us, you know, um, me and my friend would hang out, we would play Uno. And next thing you know, we just saw, started seeing all this positive energy gravitate to us. All these people were like, what? You guys play Uno? Like, we you <laughs> not knowing that. Okay, I'm- so that's how you got good at games, right? Exactly. So we we had that chemistry that time. We had game night. So, you know. Champions. I don't care what your brother says. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But not knowing that I, like, they thought that I was this, like, positive, outgoing, charismatic guy. Right. I would go back to my car at the end of the night and sleep through the winter. And it's, like, 40 degrees outside. Oh my God. There'd be times where there'd go, it'd go two weeks because, like, the gyms, like, I couldn't pay for a gym membership and I couldn't take a shower for like two weeks. I didn't want to, like, impose on anybody to be like, hey, can I come take a shower or some things like mm. that? You know, and I would do Postmates and stuff to try to make some money for the night and things like that, you know? So it's like all these things were breaking me all the way down like oh, so I, you went complete extreme like rock bottom i wanted to face wow. rock bottom, you know and again i can't say it enough it was the most peaceful time of my life i had mm-hmm. no expectations i had no pressure all i had was me and myself and trying to understand who i am and then that's what kind of brought me to the point where I am now, where I can say, yeah, yep, I feel lonely right now, but it's okay. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll go and be around cool people, people that value me, people that yes. understand me for who I am, because I'm always talking about the things that I enjoy, the things that I don't enjoy. Right. You know, I go and I... I can say that I'm sad. I can say that I'm happy right now, you know, and not a lot of people can do that. And that's what I hope for anyone when they're reading my, my stories, when they're interacting with me on a daily basis, when I'm at my job, you know, let's talk about it. The more that we talk about it, the more that we can build a relationship, the more that we can build a relationship, the more that we can find peace within each other. And really dive into who we are as people. And that's what brought me here today. (laughs) That you have literally touched my soul. I'm here listening in awe. You just, you really don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you really just don't know what anyone else has been through. That's so crazy. And you're only 24. You really have lived like three lives. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been a bit of fun. Yeah. It is. I really see it as one of like the blessings that I've had coming back, moving back to LA yeah. is really meeting you and your mom because you guys have touched me in a whole nother part. I, I can't even... I can't even tell you guys how grateful I have been to just meet you, the support, the love, the encouragement. And man, 
we gotta oh, me personally you're you're amazing so i love oh, you, you that i've been able to be in your presence and talk with you you know it's not it's not you know uh, all the time where i get to meet somebody that kind of thinks on the same playing field as me right um so i'm just totally grateful and thankful for you um you are lucky because you get to hang out with my mother, you know, she's <laughs> my best girlfriend, you know, uh, I love her to death. So I'm glad that, you know, you're able to enjoy her as well. Thanks um, for sharing, you know, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to boost her up a little bit. That's my mom. Wow. <laughs> I'm in love with that woman. So it's uh, like, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we yeah. just, we just got to keep chipping away. No, we will. We will. We'll do this again for sure. Really appreciate you. I really wish you the best with everything you have going. And I hope everything works out. Your blog is amazing. I will definitely be posting that um, whenever you post again. Yeah. But a writer's block. I, I, won't, I won't lie. I've had a little writer's yeah. block. That's okay. I'll push you. I'll push you. I got you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And if, sure. I, if I could say anything to anyone, just be okay with not being okay. Yes. <laughs> that oh, man. best advice I could probably give anyone is just be okay with not being okay. We're mm-hmm. all broken vessels, you know, and there's times where we feel not, uh, not our best, but that's right. okay. Cause at the end of that is a learning lesson and we just keep, growing stronger and stronger and stronger so yeah man thank you thank you thank you yes that is very important that's i think that's one of the biggest thing that puts me at ease now it's it's it is okay for me to not be okay all the time you know what i mean but for sure yeah we're gonna do this again i'm gonna have you come back <laughs> i'm always here especially to support you. You've been doing wonderful things with this podcast. So oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if you want to leave all your links at what it is. Instagram at three underscores KP one. Um, my link is, to the blog is in there as well. Uh, if you guys want, you can always message me, you know, um, if you're feeling anything or you have any questions. Again, I'm I'm open to anything. I don't really do Twitter, no TikTok or anything oh, like man, that. Oh, man, you're missing out. <laughs> I, I live vicariously through other people. I'm a, I'm a big Yelper, though. So if you want to follow me I on Yelp. I am, too. Sure. I love, right now. <laughs> I love food. I'm a huge foodie. So yeah, I'll show you where any of the spots that you need to go to. I got, I got y'all. I got y'all. So that's really it. For sure. Well, thank you again. And thank you guys for listening. I will be back yet again with another episode. God bless. God bless.